the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Feed the Noise podcast. And Lundy, I want to be the meat in this sandwich. I want to be the cream filling inside the cookie. Uh, because I'm talking about two of my man crushes. And I'm just torn like an old sweater over who is going to have more rushing yards. It's one of those matchup bets available at DraftKings Sportsbook. And the options are mandatory Montgomery and another guy that I absolutely adore. And Najee Harris, minus 115 in either direction. And if you look at the season-long rush yards prop, they're almost identical for these guys universally across legal sports books on the cheap side it's 990 and a half rush yards on the high side uh it's 1000.5 rush yards for either harris or montgomery available at fanduel bet rivers uh DraftKings, and bet mgm again they're all within that 10 yard range overall and i'm still siding here with mandatory montgomery i think the bears offensive line Pretty disastrous, but I feel that the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line, more disastrous overall, and I think the deciding factor here is going to be this. Look, both these guys are going to be workhorse running backs. Both these guys are going to be missed tackle and tackle-breaking machines. Remember, Montgomery has broken more tackles over the last couple of years than Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, and that was one of the specialties of Harris uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide! Uh, last season when he had a three and a half yards after contact per attempt mark. But uh, I think the insertion of Justin Fields in the starting lineup, sooner rather than later, come on, Nagy, make it freaking happen. And I'm expecting that to happen at the very latest week four against the Lions. That will really open up this Bears offense on the ground. Uh, and that will be the difference uh, over Montgomery rushing for more yards compared to Harris because Harris has got the stone statue there and Ben Roethlisberger. Really tight, really tough decision, as you know it is, for me to make. Uh, I am a lover, absolutely torn here, uh, but I'm signing with mandatory Montgomery by a nose to have more rushing yards than Najee Harris. You disagree? It is by a nose, my man, by the by the very end of your big toe. But I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna go on the other side. I think it's gonna be Najee Harris. Um, but I think this is going to be a hell of a head-to-head uh, battle. Like this is this to me could is like watching a baseball game that it's like the 14th inning and they're still battling and they're still battling and you're just waiting for somebody to finally come out ahead uh, because this is set really well uh, in terms of a matchup between these two guys. But I'm going to lean ever so slightly to the younger legs of Mr. Najee here. So it's like Kong versus Godzilla. And I watched that godforsaken movie with my kids and it was one of the uh, it was the biggest dreck. I had ever seen on screen and the fight scenes went on for like 30 minutes. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I was just in me inside my head. I was like racking up the loss of life and property. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know this is a movie. This is, you know, fantasy land that everybody's living in. But I was like, man, they're doing some hell of fight damage in this film. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. This would be, uh, this would be Tampa taking on Jacksonville is what it would be. You know, you're just like, okay, is it over yet? Come on, move on. Let's get to the next game. Yeah. That kind of thing. But this is going to be a hell of a matchup. Just call it a tie. Let's call it a tie. And we all win in the end, especially for fantasy devices. If you get both those guys in your league, if you got a draft upcoming this weekend with that, let's get to it on this hump day edition with another fade five. 
number five. All right, Luddy, we broke it down yesterday. The Miggity, 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 Mac, Daddy, Daddy. That's Mac Jones uh, now entering the starting lineup uh, for the New England Patriots. And we had some far-reaching effects uh, in a very positive way. And one of those is Damian Harris. And uh, most of the sportsbooks pulled their odds down on season-long props tied to the running back of this Pats team. Except for DraftKings, uh, the juice is shifted, but it's not high enough to push me away. I'm taking the over on 845.5 rush yards for Harris at minus 135. And by the way, this is the subject of today's Twitter poll. Vote now at Noisy Huevos and drop in your comments. We'll share the poll results at the end of the podcast along with any of your two cents you may have dropped. But, you know, Harris last season averaged a very nice 69.1 rush yards per game over 10 contests. Uh, and he was working, you know, more or less in, in concert with the full-blown RBBC. I know Ramondre Stevenson has looked like a runaway bulldozer and a guy that's going to push him for touches, but he is clearly the backup power back in this scheme. Probably going to get six to eight touches per game. James White going to be more of the satellite back, which he is, you know, that's the role that he's carved out his entire career. Good shot for 45 to 55 catches, but it's Harris who according to beat writers in New England is the indisputable number one guy on the running back depth chart. So, you know, with Cam Newton out of the picture, remember he had the most red zone carries of any quarterback at 42 last season. I mean, he's going to get ball the belly in every instance, whether it's between the twenties inside the 20, doesn't matter. 3.02 yards of a contact per attempt last season. He had seven runs in 10 games of 15 or more yards. He's got a top five offensive line. And this defense, man, looks gnarly, which means it could be some positive game script. So I think he's going to flip with 1,000 yards when it's all said and done. So fade or follow over Damian Harris, 845.5 rush yards at DraftKings and minus 135. For the first time in my several decade adult life, Brad, I actually trust a Bill Belichick <laughs> running back. Uh, yes, uh, I you know, am You didn't follow. trust Corey Dillon back in the day? Uh, Lawrence Maroney? No. No, because I didn't trust. Uh, I didn't trust hoodie. I just it's been a, it's it's taken me a long time, Brad. A lot of therapy, um, <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of alcohol. Yes. To finally get to the yes. point where I can trust uh, the Darth Lord uh, that is Bill Belichick. Uh, so I'm going to take the over on this one. I think he gets up above 900. So I think it's a comfortable number. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the few times that we do finally see a true workhorse type of opportunity for a back at Foxborough, and to me, that means Harris is going to thrive. I really uh, think this is a solid, solid bet to make here preseason. Make some dimes with Damian. Number four. All right, elsewhere, some news earlier this week in the NFL. Jameis Winston is officially the starter for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it's going to be a vagabond homeless franchise here, uh, probably for the first few weeks of the regular season. they got a pair of road games weeks two and three, but due to the uh, effects of Hurricane Ida and the utter destruction. Our thoughts with everybody down there in Louisiana. Uh, this team is going to be roadbound uh, week one, uh, likely going to play in Dallas, so they're still working out the details. They were supposed to have a home opener against Green Bay. And then in week four, they could also be on the road as well in that matchup, I believe, against the Giants. But uh, for you know purposes of this pod, 
Uh, let's talk about Jameis Winston and passing touchdowns. And this one I pulled from DraftKings as well. And I'm taking the under on 24 and a half at a minus 105. So a lighter juice here. I look at some of the updated prognostications across the industry right now. Fantasy Football Today has got it for 21. Jeff Ratcliffe of the Rant Podcast, part of the Sawdust Podcast Network, has got him at 20. And Mike Clay is still thinking that, hey, Taysom Hill could get a handful of starts. He's got him at 17. Now, Winston's been over this number twice in his career at 28 and 16. And, of course, who could forget the 30-30 season uh, that he had at 2019 for the Bucs? He had 33 passing touchdowns to the 30 INTs. Allegedly, he's got improved accuracy. Allegedly, he's going to limit the mistakes uh, that he's made. So, improved mistake management. Uh, We shall see about that. But look, man, he goes out there. He has like a three-pick game. Uh, I think the lease shortens immediately or he gets yanked and Taysom Hill comes in. So for that reason, I'm going to take the under on the 24-and-a-half passing touchdowns. Though Winston, certainly at a ceiling, could blow this out of the water. But the floor is just so damn low, Lundy. Oh, yeah, this is a, such a low number, but I, I, at the same time, I don't trust him. I mean, un, until I see it, I can't trust it. Um, I felt the same way as I've gone through some fantasy drafts over the course of the last 10 days or so. Um, I, I felt like it was a no-brainer that Jameis was going to wind up with the starting job, but I just sat back and said, look, you don't, Michael Thomas could be a TV commentator in two months. I mean, I, who knows what the hell yeah. he's doing, um, and I just don't really trust what's going on. I love Sean Payton. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Um, but I'm just not sure that even he can somehow get Jameis Winston up over this number because I'm with you. I think it's a short leash, man, and I think that if he even remotely hiccups, we're going to see some changes take place. So this is this is a number that, honestly, I would just completely stay away from because could Jameis come out and look great? Of course he could. He's sure. I mean, Dude's a number one overall pick, but at the same time, do I think he could also completely fall flat on his face like a drunk in a ditch? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, you know, it, the, the question really, Brad, is if you can picture Bourbon Street, not with Hurricane Ida, as you brought up, but just let's picture Bourbon Street the way it normally looks. There are those people that are walking down the street and they're joyful and they're cheering and they're singing and all that. And then there's a dude curled in a ball in his puddle of his own vomit on the yep, sidewalk. Correct. Uh, which one is Jameis Winston? And until I know yeah. the answer to that, I can't make the bet. Uh, more than likely, uh, you slam enough of those slushies, you will be that individual in a pool of your own vomit in the gutter on Bourbon Street. And unfortunately, I think Jameis will wind up there. Number three. All right, let's move on uh, to another controversial player and a former megastar, a guy that was on a pro football Hall of Fame path that was going to have a bust in Canton, maybe still will, uh, despite the off-the-field issues. But, man, this is a suppressed number for Antonio Brown, uh, the former Steeler for Hotman at the former New England Patriot and now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here is a line at DraftKings. It's 700.5 receiving yards, Lundy. You know, earlier when uh, this came out this offseason, I was probably going to tuck on the under, but now I've changed my mind. I think this number's too low. I'm going to take the over on that 700.5 at minus 115. Now, you look at fantasy football today, very conservative estimate for Brown this season at 581. Mike Clay's got him at 750 and Jeff Ratcliffe at 739. And you look what he did in eight games in the regular season uh, as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, shaking off the rust, getting in rhythm with Tom Brady. Uh, He had 62 targets, 45 catches, 483 yards. That shakes out over a 17-game pace to 131 targets, 95 receptions, and 1,026 yards. Sure, you got Chris Godwin there. Yeah, you got Mike Evans. 
Uh, you've got Gronk. You've got O.J. Howard back. I mean, Brady's got weapons, weapons uh, piled up on additional weapons. A massive arsenal. Uh, but Brown can still get it done. I think he's motivated to prove that he's still got something left. He was throwing haymakers and scrimmages uh, you know, earlier this month. And two as well last season, he's wide receiver 11 in Yak per reception one of the best after the catch like he's been most of his career so give me the over man I think it could be 850 when it's all said and done especially you know god forbid this happens if the injury imp comes a biting on Evans or Godwin fade or follow yes but will the injury imp also hit a b that's the question well, that might that might be the mental imp yes coming and snacking say. on his brain cells so I'll tell you what, I there's no part of me that thinks that this Antonio Brown in the 2021 season is going to be the guy that we were you know, expecting to be giving a speech in Canton um, if you go back a few seasons. I don't think that's the guy that we are going to see. That said, I think this number is too low. I, I'm not with you. I don't think he gets up to 850 or whatever, but I think he can finish comfortably in the 700s. Um, and if that's the case, this number is too low. Um, now, if we get the mental block, uh, which we know it's possible with this yeah. guy, um, then this number is not going to come. Then he's not going to come anywhere near this number because he's going to get his butt sat down because there are so many weapons on this team that they don't, you know, using the air quotes here, they don't have to have him on the field to win games. Um, there's just, there's so much quality talent on this team, as you just said. But that said, I think this number is too low. I'm willing to take the over. I'm not breaking out the sledgehammer on it, but I'll take the over on this one because I think this number is set with an expectation that maybe some people are going to shy away from the mental side of Antonio Brown. The army matey scores some booty with Antonio Brown. Stick around for our top plays in Major League Baseball Plus bonus time. Number two. All right, Lundy, let's go ahead and recap what we did yesterday. Let's see. Uh, Blake Snell. Ooh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. He had 10 strikeouts. Ooh, yeah. uh, plus 110 cash money. Cha-ching. Toronto screwed me. Royally. Oh, yeah. How do you lose to the Orioles? So that two-legger with uh, Jameson Tyone did not hit. Uh, meanwhile, the Cubs and Twins, womp, 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 that didn't hit the over on the 9.5, but Vladdy Daddy came through, plus 105 on the RBI. So it was all said and done, uh, we were actually up fractions of units. So I will take that as a win uh, last night in Major League Baseball. Let's get back at it. Uh, I'm going to go out west, and uh, let's talk about the L.A. Angels going up against Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees. And, again, I'm going to get uh, enveloped and raptured by that plus odds. Plus 105 at DraftKings on the under two-and-a-half runs against the Bronx Bombers, and that's uh, where I'm leaning. Look, Garrett Cole has been masterful in his last three turns of the rotation. Just one earned run in his past 17 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, you know, one of those outings was against this Angels team. Back on August 16th, five and two-thirds innings pitch, just one earned run. Now, in this series against the Yanks, the Angels have gone over all four times, but they have just a 659 OPS after the All-Star break. So knowing that they're facing the ace of this staff, the $100 gazillion man in Cole, knowing as well that they are struggling at the dish, I think the under two-and-a-half runs comes in and cashes. Again, a plus one to five at DraftKings. Fade or follow. I will follow. I think the Angels are really going to struggle in this one against Cole. You go back and look at, obviously, he had that masterful month of July where he had, uh, what was it, 12 strikeouts. He had he had double-digit strikeouts, I think, three times 
in the month of July. He did not hit double figures at all uh, within August, within the three starts that he had, but he did flirt with it, having nine a couple of times, including against the Angels. I just think they're going to struggle against him. I think under two and a half runs, this is probably two right on the button, and I'm guessing maybe one of those for the Angels doesn't even happen until Cole's done uh, and and sitting in the dugout. So give me the under on the runs here with the Angels. I think Cole takes care of business. You got to earn that paycheck, my man. Uh, no doubt about it. Slap the wallets on the under with the LA Angels two and a half runs. Number one. Oh, Lundy, the water some the Vlad Guerrero Jr. well tasted so damn good yesterday as he went yard. Really the only highlight for the Blue Jays against Keegan Aiken, who had like a I don't know, what was his ERA? Thirty? Uh, it was it, it was like six something uh, entering last night, and um, he looked like a vintage Jim Palmer. It was ridiculous. I'm gonna go back to Vlad Guerrero Jr. I'm gonna drink from those same refreshing, revitalizing waters, and I'm slamming a bet down on him to get another RBI against the O's at plus one of five. Why? Well, it's Matt Harvey, and here's all you gotta know: in seven career at bats, Lundy for Vlad Guerrero Jr. against Harvey, he's got five hits. Five for seven with a home run and a pair of RBIs. And he has been crushing the O's all season. 43 at-bats this year. 372 batting average. Eight bombs. 18 RBIs. And a 1.405 OPS. Oh, let's break out the sledgehammer. On Vlad Guerrero Jr. to knock it around plus 105 against Harvey and Baltimore. Fade or follow. I'm rolling with you, man. This was like what I was doing in the month of August. We talked about CJ Cron for the Rockies, right? Like the dude was dude led the majors in August in RBIs. So I just kept betting it, kept betting it, kept betting it. And occasionally you'd miss, but for the most part, he was on such a rake that it was worth it. Uh, I think the same thing's going on right now with Guerrero. Just jump on board, take the RBI, take the plus money, take the cash. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully make it rain in your living room. Uh, All right, let's get some additional bets here in bonus time. Lundy, what else got on your card? I got three for you. First of all, let's do a three-legger tonight, and we're going to go heavy, heavy chalk. All right? Give me the Yankees, the White Sox, and Toronto. All of them heavy favorites. But, hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you put those three together, plus 142. All I need is the guys that are heavy favorites to get it done, uh, looking at – Looking at you, damn it, Toronto. Uh, we we yeah. got ourselves a plus 142 on that three-legger. If you like some afternoon baseball, let me throw this one at you. Uh, Kohei uh, Arihara will be on the mound for the Rangers taking on the Rockies. Give me the Rockies over four and a half on their team total. In the last three starts for Arihara, he's given up five earned runs, six earned runs, and five earned runs, and hasn't made it out of the fourth inning. Um, And so the Rockies may suck and they may struggle, but with an afternoon contest that they've got in Arlington, I think they can get up over this team total. It's only at four and a half uh, and you can get it right now. And it has not been juiced up. I think I saw it at minus 115. And oh, oh, Brad, Brad, because I love me some football (laughs) and I love the word Gamecocks. Give me Jacksonville State. Oh, my God. Plus 17 taking on UAB and the UAB mascot is. Uh, they are the Blazers. There we go, my man. I love it whenever because you know all this, all these mascots really well. I like putting you on the spot. Uh, <laughs> yes, I understand. By the way, that this makes me a complete degenerate that I am betting on uh, this particular uh, game. But last season, Jacksonville State only lost 
uh, three games, and they were playing in the spring, which means these guys are vibing. They're ready to get back on the field. And so I'm going to roll with them to cover. And by the way, shop around a bit because I saw it at 16. I grabbed it at plus 17 at DraftKings. Oh, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Roddy White uh, attended UAB for a time. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Look at there you, you go. Breaking you go. out the history yeah. books, Professor. Yeah, I don't know anybody else that went to UAB that made an impact in UAB. Uh, maybe J.J. Nelson. That kind of rings a bell to me. There are probably a couple <laughs> other guys I forget. But there you go. Uh, take the players. Uh, or take Jacksonville State. I cannot do that. I will not go there. I'm going to reserve all of my college football picks for tomorrow night's killer slate of games. So I'm going to stick to baseball here in bonus time. Let's go two-legger. Give me Kevin Gossman over five-and-a-half punch-outs against the Brew Crew. Uh, and I'm going to pair that with an L.A. Dodgers money line W against Atlanta. Uh, Mad Max Scherzer on the bump there. Scherzer 1.55 ERA in the month of August. Uh, Dodgers 3-2 and two in five games against the Bravos straight up this year. Gossman, by the way, has been over 5.5 Ks in 17 of 26 starts. Um, after a rocky July, right at the ship with a 3.16 August ERA, the Milwaukee has the second lowest K rate in Major League Baseball. And you know what? I thought I had another bet, but screw it. I don't. Maybe I should just take Jacksonville State. Yeah, let's do yes. it. Let's do, do it. it. Why not? Do it, my man. It's football. It's Wednesday. We're going to we're gonna lock it in on Jacksonville State. What, was it plus 17? Is that right? Plus 17, my man. All I need them to do is cover. And, hey, by the way, I told you they only lost three games last season. All of those were by single digits. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you have swayed me. I know nothing else about Jacksonville State, but now I am tailing London. Gamecocks. I mean, All it's a fun word. Gamecocks. It is. It is. As a, he says the guy who's a graduate of Oregon State. Yeah, that's also very true, which means we're going down with this ship together. <laughs> <laughs> we're the violinists on the Titanic. Way to go there, Lundy. Uh, poll results, poll results with Mac Jones now with the controls. Where do you stand on Damian Harris's rush yards prop? Pulled from DraftKings, a line at 845.5. Five, minus 135 of the over, plus 105 on the under. 482 votes cast, 77.4%. Sledgehammer in the over on this at 22.6%. Fading Damian Harris. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Juevos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time, huge slate of games at college football tomorrow. As always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.